teachers as they get ready to go back to school and that happens on Wednesday this week for especially for public schools and some of the area but here's what we want to do we need you to help us out real quickly all right first of all I need all the kids that are going to school to preschool and kindergarten to come on down so if you are a preschooler 
through kindergarten. Come on down right here in the front. All right. I, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. While they're coming, I'll tell you that in a minute, all right? I'll confuse, don't confuse the subject with facts. <laughs> all right, if you are going to be in elementary school this year, come on down. That's happening a little faster. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. If you are going to be in middle school, 6th, 7th, 8th grade this year, come on down. Schoolers, kind of work your way on the back here. Don't don't get in front of these precious little ones. All right. Now we're back to slow again because they're too cool for school. I know, I know, they got the walk. All right, and now anyone who is in college, graduate school. Going to back to get that degree you should have gotten 15 years ago. Whatever. Come on down. And last, but by all means not least, if you are a teacher, a teacher's assistant, you work in the lunchroom, you drive a school bus, you do anything with the school system, come on down. Public or private, public or private. And if you're doing homeschooling and you're teaching, by the way, we got a homeschool hub on the hill that y'all need to find out about. It's, it's the real deal, all right? All right. Yeah, see, I thought the kids were too cool for school. And then, what do you know? Wally's at the back. I mean, anybody else surprised? <laughs> All right, here's the deal. Here's why we do this every year, gang. I am convinced down to the marrow of my bone that especially those that are in public schools, but in any schools is the greatest mission field in the world. A lot of these young people are at a stage where they are not only learning in school, but this is the time of their life that they're making huge decisions. 
life-changing decisions, Jesus decisions. And some of these older guys over here are being put to the test because they made those decisions earlier. Some of them, some are still making, and now the world's coming at them. They're being put to the test. And these men and women that are in the school system working, guys, I want you to understand that when we send these folks into the schools, it's no different than when we send a trip to Uganda or Guatemala or anywhere else. This is just as much a mission field. And so these people need to be covered with prayer. All right? So here's all we're going to do. We're going to bow our heads. And if you're sitting out there, if you want to just kind of raise your hand toward the stage as a prayer cover, we're going to pray over these young people and teachers and school personnel and get ready to see God do something huge this year, all right? Here we go. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Thank you, God, for being with the weather today. Thank you for protecting us and and building an umbrella around us so we could have today. God, we thank you for the people that brought the food. And right now, we just want to thank you for these children, for the preschoolers and the kindergartners, for the Uh, elementary kids and the middle schoolers and the high schoolers and college students. God, would you protect them? Would you wrap your arms around them in this school year? We see so many things that as parents terrify us. And so God, would you protect them when we can't be there to protect them? And God, for these men and women that are in the schools, watching over our kids, teaching our kids, uh, coaching our kids, God, would you give them the courage to not only do their job, but to do your job, to be a voice, to make a difference, to, to shine a light that makes a difference in everybody's lives. And God, may we look back this time next year at this school year and say, wow, God showed up. God showed up and lives were changed. And we're thankful for that. And we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Early childhood guys, kids. There, see Mr. Matt, your fearless leader. Take off with Miss, take off with Mr. Matt if you are in early childhood. All right, if you're not in early childhood, don't go, don't go. All right, we're, all right. If you're in elementary school, look up here. If you're in elementary school, there goes T. Rod. Elementary students, go that way. Follow T. Rod. Ashton's falling. Ashton's the caboose for elementary school. He's making sure everybody gets in there. If you're in middle school, high school, college, and beyond, get right down here and get ready to worship, all right? All right, let's do this. Oh, moms and dads, they are keeping your kids over there so they will be safe. When we're done here, you go over to their normal classroom and pick them up. That way we can make sure the right kids get with the right moms and dads. All right? That'll be at the end of service. All right? It's time to make some noise to the Lord. Amen? It's been coined so many times that worship. Some people will say worth-ship. So what does that mean to you? How much is he worth to you? How much are you willing to lay it on the line for Him. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to sing with all heart. You feel like dancing? Do a little dance. You just feel like lifting your hands. You feel like clapping your hands. Do whatever. But do it unto the Lord. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame. 
Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you.
the stain. He washed and white as snow. Let's sing it again. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed and white as take communion together.
3.26 said on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread the disciples came to Jesus and asked where do you want us to prepare the meal, the Passover meal Jesus said as you go into the city tell them you will see a certain man tell him the teacher says my time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house so the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there when it was even evening Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve and while they were eating he said I tell you the truth one of you will betray me and greatly distressed each one turned we knew that Judas was the one that was going to betray him and as he left Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and then he broke it into peace and he gave it to his disciples and he said take this and eat it for it is my body. You take that bread and eat it. And he took the cup and he gave thanks to it, to God for it. He gave to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is the blood, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Will you take that cup will you drink Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you for that eternal life that you've given us. Not only that, God, but we thank you, Lord, for the strength to live day and day and day by day, Father. We thank you for the grace that you give us, Lord, that we don't have to come with this perfection, with this mind that I have to be perfect before you to serve you, God. But you make us right, and you've made us right. As believers of your son, Jesus, we've been made right. We thank you. We thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name. We pray, and everyone said, Sing this, Jesus paid all, all to him I hail. Sin, I loved crimson stain. Still white as Sin and love Sin and love Crimson stain He washed Still white as snow Sin and love Sin and love Crimson stain He washed Still white as snow He washed Still white as
whole church family together to be able to worship, to have a day when the meteorologist said it was going to storm, but God said, I'm going to hear the prayers of my people, and not for a little while, it's not going to storm. And so we're here, and food, and these guys lead us in worship, and they will be back, and tonight is going to be, tonight already has been, but tonight is fixing to be a special night. A really special night. Some know it's about to be special for them. Some don't even know how special it's about to be yet. Wait a minute, you took my, you took my, oh, no, you didn't. You put it on the other side of me. Look to the left, dummy. Tonight is going to be special. And here's what I want to ask before I do anything else. I want you to open yourself up right now. That if you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and surrendered to Him in baptism and by the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life, you're going to have that opportunity in just a few minutes. And we're going right over here and we're ready. All right? So you know, and if you need to open your heart, I want to encourage you to open your heart and just listen to what God has got in store for us tonight. Hey, there is no way, there is no way that any of us standing up here could say thank you to everybody who made this happen. So I'll do it this way. Thank you to everybody who made this happen. All right? There were, there were several guys out here yesterday when it was really hot, sweating and setting stuff up, and some that were back much earlier today, and so thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone. So here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. We've been in this series now for three weeks where we've been talking about, we've been talking about what are the vital signs of a healthy church, all right? And we did it based off of something we say at the end of every service that we'll say tonight as we get ready to leave. Stu's going to send you out with this in a little while. And we tell everybody, what do we tell everybody? Go love God, love people, and watch Him change the world. All right? Because we can't change the world. Only He can change the world. All right? Now, He's going to use us, and we're going to talk about that. So the first week in our series, we talked about, okay, if we say we got to get out of here and go love God, what's that look like? And we talked about how Jesus defined that love of God, how He said you need to love God with all your heart and with all your soul that makes who you are and with all your strength and with all your mind. You need to fill your mind with the right stuff. Because garbage in, garbage out. You put the wrong stuff in, the wrong stuff's going to come out. You need to be in the Word. You need to know the Word. You need to hide His Word in your heart so that you will know the stuff that you need to have so that, in turn, you can love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. Then last week we talked about, okay, well, the next thing we talk about is to love people. But what's, what's it mean to really love people? What's that really look like? Because sometimes, if we're not careful, we can love people to death. We can love them so much that we won't ever challenge them, and therefore we will enable them, and we will literally love them to death. And so we looked at three things last week. We looked at how we need to act justly, do the right thing. Do the right thing all the time. When do we do it? All the time. Do the right thing. 
And then we talked about that we need to show mercy. We don't just need to say, I love you. Those words have become cheap. Although they're special, they have become cheap because they get thrown around so much. We don't need to just say, I love you. We need to show, I love you. And then we need to walk humbly with the Lord. Because if if our walk is not with the Lord, the other stuff we do doesn't matter anyway. Okay, so we love God. We talked about what that looks like. We talked about what it looks like to love people. Tonight we want to finish this thing up and we want to talk about what's God really trying to do. We say, let's watch him change the world. Do you understand that from Genesis 3 until today, God's been working really hard to change the world? From the moment that sin entered the world, God's been working really hard to change the world. And so here's what I want to do. I want to, how many, okay, I'm going to age some of you, all right, all right, all right, ready? How many of you remember Bob Ross? Oh, yes, yes. I could have said, turn to the book of Hezekiah, and nobody would have done it, because it's not there. But I said, how many of you know Bob Ross? And everybody raises their hand, all right? Remember how Bob Ross used to paint? You know, you get the paint, and the, big, the big fro and everything like that. And Bob Ross, how would he start? He'd start by painting the the big picture. That's what I want to do. We want to do a kind of Bob Ross 60,000 foot fly over, and we want to start with the big stuff. All right? We want to start with the big stuff. And then Bob Ross, when he painted, then he would like put trees in. All right? You know, and he'd do that side brush thing, and he'd do the trees, and you're like, how did he do that? Right? And then at the end, he'd get that little tiny brush and he'd do the details. He'd start doing leaves and he'd start doing uh, like ripples in the water and all that stuff. But he started with something big because you can't do the ripples until you got the water, right? And so that's what I want to do here. We're going to be done in just a few minutes. Here's what I want to see. Of all the changed lives, and this Bible is full of them. If you've got a Bible or you've got your phone or you've got a tablet and you want to look in Luke chapter 19... You want to look in Luke chapter 19. Most of you know this story. It's a very familiar story. If you grew up and you were lucky enough that your mom and dad were taking you to church, I promise you've heard this story. It's a story about Jesus going to this place called Jericho. And when he got there, people were gathering around. They were wanting to see Jesus. And they couldn't get close enough. And there's this real little dude in the town. His name's Zacchaeus. And he climbed up in a... There you go. There's my VBS people from years ago. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? And so you get this picture. Jesus come along. He's teaching people. The little dude climbs up in the tree so they could see him. But he didn't expect Jesus to see him. You feel that? He wanted to see Jesus, but he wasn't expecting Jesus to see him. And Jesus gets to him and stops He's up on a limb in the tree, and Jesus looks at him. Yo, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house. Now, understand, and most of you know this, understand Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Not just that he's a tax collector, but he was, a, he was pretty much a typical tax collector in that day, and that he, he cheated people extremely when he collected taxes because there wasn't like a you couldn't google online and figure out what there's like your tax was basically whatever Zacchaeus told us your tax what told you your tax was and there were these soldiers that would protect him and then you were like kind of like just victim to him 
So he'd been collecting taxes from people. He just wanted to see what all the uproar was about Jesus. He climbs up in this tree, and then Jesus sees him and says, come on down. I want to go to your house. What would you do tonight if when we were leaving, the, leaving here and you're going out to the parking lot and just before you get to the car, Jesus says, hey, I want to go home with you tonight. Now, I know what some of you are doing immediately. You're thinking, okay, what's out that shouldn't be out? All right? How dirty is the toilet? That's a, you know, with those things we think when we've got guests coming over, right? But Jesus says, I want to go to your house. And he does. Zacchaeus climbs down. He go, Jesus goes with him, goes home with him. And when they get there, Jesus, we don't know all of what happened inside, but we do know this. When they came out, Zacchaeus was different. He was changed. He said, I'm going to make things right. I'm going to pay back. Not only am I going to pay back, I'm going to pay back more than I owe. I'm going to make sure I make it right with everybody here on earth because you're already, we assume, inside that house. He made it all right with Jesus, and Jesus made it all right with him. And he said, all I can do because of the change that's taken place in my life today, all I can do is change the way I treat people, and I'm going to go out and treat people the right way. That's change. That's the kind of change that Jesus wants and that he came for. It's the kind of change when we say, go watch Jesus change the world. That's what we're talking about. Because get this, get this. Nobody, I promise you, nobody in Jericho ever, ever, ever thought Zacchaeus would change and especially would give him back money. They knew something was up. They knew something was up in that moment. They had recognized change. So when we talk about what's God changed the world, if we're painting this big picture, here's what I want to tell you. He wants to start changing the whole world. The whole world. That's why he came. He wants to change the whole And we want to be a part of that. In fact, it's a big deal for us around here. If you're new to the hill, or if maybe tonight's your first night, man, thanks for coming. But we want you to know this. We are all about watching God change the big world, like overseas. But, but here's what we know. Here's what we know. We, we go on mission trips because in, Ma- in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world, all the world, go into all the world, and preach the gospel to all nations, to every nation. And so we're trying our very best to do that. And that's why we do mission trips to, to Poland and to Guatemala and to Uganda and, and to other places. Because we, we want to send people there and go help those that are there and make a difference with those that are there and work with local missionaries. But not everybody's cut out to go there. We, we also want to support the missionaries that are there, two of which we are so blessed that in our setting here, Luke Dove, who grew up in this church, is our, is our mission partner in Guatemala. And we do a lot of our work through Luke. But Joe and Ashley Derry came to us and, and then shortly went to Italy. And so we've got people from here in Italy that, that, we, that we send money to, we send support to, we want to help out. And we've and we got missionaries all over. In fact, when we're inside, all those flags hanging up on the, on the catwalk, all those flags are places where we got boots on the ground, people actually there. But here's another thing we know. Here's another thing we know is that not everybody can go on a mission trip. Some of you have never been on a plane in your life, and the thought of flying to wherever is, like, terrifying. You can't do it. I get it. 
you know, it does cost money to do those things. We raise some of it, but you have to pay some of it. So some of us can't ever go, but all of us, all of us can be involved in missions around the world. I've asked Bradley to come up here tonight with me, and there's an opportunity, and this is so simple. This is so simple, you know, that, but, but I want Bradley, you know, when, we, when we kind of commissioned sent Bradley off and left our staff to go and follow a dream and be a track and cross-country director at Cumberland's University, by the way, they killed it this year. Welcome back, the coach of the year, all right? They killed it this year. They killed it this year. But I wanted Bradley to tell you some things that have happened, some things that we prayed about would happen, and an opportunity we've got over the next couple of weeks. First of all, you've got to tell them what's going on. Tell them how many baptisms you had this year. I'll say that here in a second. So what you need to know, again, kind of behind the scenes of this happening right now, I remember a year ago being in staff meetings and the, the daydream of seeing, hey, we want a semi-trailer, we want people on the grass, the grass to be growing, lights and sounds and all this to come together, and to see this happen and, and be a part of it, this experience, this is truly amazing. So like he said, there's so many people involved and takes so much planning uh, to make something like this happen. So this year, to answer the question, uh, we had 130 student athletes within our track and field program. In about 14 days, we're going to have 200. We have the largest program at the University of Cumberland's. But last year we had seven baptisms. We had All-Americans, you name it, but seven baptisms that happened within our program. I talked to Dave not too long ago, and we recruit the entire world. I joke, if there's fast and strong athletes on the moon, I am recruiting them as hard as I possibly can. And so truly the entire world, the edges of the earth, I'm trying to find the next greatest uh, talent that's out there, men and women. And we're finding them. And we're very fortunate they're saying, yes, I want to be a part of the University of Cumberlands. And we have to give them, uh, full disclosure, a full ride because they have nothing they can put forth. Great. They're signed. They're ready to go. We're going to take care of their tuition, their room, and their board. We're going to give them this opportunity of a lifetime. But then the very first thing that happens is we pick them up from the airport and they walk into a room that's completely empty. Now, for us, the first thing we do, and some of you are about to experience this with your, your college students, you're going to go to Walmart, and you're going to get sheets, and you're going to get blankets, and you're going to get pillows, and you're going to get deodorant, and you're going to get soap, and you're going to get all these things that are necessities that these people have never had available. We're asking for, hey, $3 for uh, a stick of deodorant. That's the entire day's wage. Are we going to get deodorant? Or is our family going to eat? These are the questions that these individuals have to judge and question and ponder. And obviously, there's a very, really simple answer to that. We're going to eat. So I asked David, I said, hey, can we reach out? Can we go beyond just the church, Shelbyville, even the state of Kentucky? Um, let's take it a step further. We have individuals, and this is kind of a, a personal um, conviction and also a uh, an objective. We're recruiting athletes that are Muslims. And not here to convert them, but can we truly show that Jesus Christ truly is who he says he was and is today to people who probably don't understand that at all? So what does that take? We would love to have a care basket. When they show up, here's sheets, here's pillows, here's blankets, here's whatever they might need, and Shelby Christian. Who's Shelby Christian? You better get to know them. 
Because these are the people who are showing the hands and feet and the love of Jesus Christ to you. So, so here's the deal. There's all kinds of other stuff that we're going to be we're working on trying to figure out. But some of these kids that are coming are from third world countries, from Muslim countries. They're coming over here, and they won't be able to go back for a while. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, if they don't have a coach that loves them, they're going to be in a room in Williamsburg, Kentucky by themselves. But not these guys. They're coming to Shelbyville with this guy. And so we want to help host them. We want to help love on them. And guess where they're going to be on those Sundays? Because NIL is an amazing thing because it's a contract. Now the coach can say, here's the deal. We're going to give you this and you've got to do this. And part of this is you're coming home with me, you're coming to church with me. And, it's like, you know, so, and we never know. We never know when God's going to ambush one of them. I watched God work in this guy's life before he was ever on our staff. That's why he became on our staff. I watched him down at Spalding baptizing more student-athletes down there than some of our staff was. So when we needed a student minister, it was like, yo, dude, come here, talk to me. He had no clue what I was about to ask him. And four years of doing it, and now God just took him and said, all right, you got the basics now. I'm going to drop you back into an athletic setting where you're really fit to be, and let's go change the world. Because here's what is going to happen. A lot of those students, when they get done with him, when they get done with him, yeah, there are some pro opportunities for track and field, but not many. When they get done, they've got to go somewhere. A lot of them are going back home. You know what we just did if we do this right? We just raised up a bunch of missionaries that we're sending back to their country with the love of Jesus to go change the world and to make a difference. So starting next week, those big tubs that we had over there collecting food for the pantry, starting next week, we're in looking at e-news. There's going to be a list. It's school supply time, not for our kids, but for college kids. We're going to send you a list and start bringing it in. And when he gets athletes there, we're going to send him back with a truckload of stuff uh, to let them know there's some people that love him with Jesus. Love you, man. So that's how we start. Big picture. Change the world. Change the world. You don't have to go yourself. You can just send stuff to go, okay? The second part of the picture, we're getting a little bit more detailed. Not only change your world, but we're going to change the community. Change the community. If you've got your Bible still out, or look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is getting ready to go back to be the Father in heaven. And he says, go wait in Jerusalem. A power is going to come upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Here's the deal. Guess where they already were when Jesus was telling them that? They're in Jerusalem. That's where they were. That's where Pentecost was going to happen. It was about to blow up big there. So that's right there. They're on ground zero. And he says, we're going to make a difference here first. And then we're going out. It's a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect that starts spreading. Jesus describes this, this huge rock of the Holy Spirit that's about to hit in the center of Jerusalem, the epicenter on Pentecost, and things are going to happen, and people's lives are going to be changed. But a ripple doesn't just jump from spot to spot. If you've ever thrown a rock in the water, the ripple just keeps going. It doesn't jump from one place to another. And so the bigger you hit the water with, guess what? The, not, yeah, the first ripple is going to be big, but it's also going to go farther. 
The bigger the ripple starts, the farther it's going to go. And so we need to create a big ripple. Shelbyville, Kentucky is our epicenter. All right. And I know some of you guys live in areas around here, not in Shelbyville, but this is where Shelby Christian was started in Shelbyville. That's our epicenter. And for those of you who don't live in Shelbyville, but attend here, you can see the ripples already spread, hasn't it? The ripples already gone out. It's already gone out into other Shelby County communities like like Wadi and Graffenburg and Baghdad and Simpsonville and Mount Eden. But but it's gone outside of the county. It's gone into Henry County and Anderson County and Spencer County and Franklin County. And it's gone out of the state. We want the ripple to keep going. But for it to go strong, it has to be strong here. All right? And that's why we've got to really work on doing what we can to help God change the world here in our community, at the epicenter, to, to see change lives in our church and in our community. We need people that will continually talk to Jason about opportunities to volunteer at a Loving Choice Pregnancy Center. For opportunities to volunteer at a Father's Love. And Gerald's going to be here in a couple weeks when Jason preaches to hear, tell you more about Father's Love. We need you in the local schools. We just helped with Ready Fest, and it was the biggest one ever. The Michael McLaughlin, where you at, Michael? He's over here. Michael McLaughlin, our deacon that does that. It was the biggest Ready Fest this community's ever had. And people's lives were touched and changed. And we, we need to continue doing things like hosting events here. I mean, look what God gave us. For those of you who are new and weren't here 10 years ago, where you're sitting looked just like that. And some people from here brought their equipment and cleared all this off and started planting grass. And, and, and now it's one of the best soccer fields around since we get the dirt regrown, all right? But that's our electric. Now we got electric. We're about to have lights. And we got opportunities to bring people here and host things. Sometimes we have to host things that aren't really any fun. We just hosted a huge funeral service this week. 650, 700 people, on both on Monday night and again on Tuesday for the funeral. There wasn't a parking space to be found anywhere over there. And it was just like, we just love you, and we can't imagine what you're going through. And how much did it cost? Nothing. Just God's blessed us. How can we do anything but share? And people start noticing that. And you never know when the ripple's going to get to their heart, and they're going to come really seeking Jesus. We, we got a grant to build these little pantries. Now you see them all over the county. There's like 30 of them. And we started here, the epicenter started here and it started spreading. The, the things that we're going to be able to do this year for, for grandparents. We got so many grandparents in our community that are raising their grandkids. And it's difficult. And we got a grant to be able to help with food and some of those opportunities and to love on them. We've got a community care group and a grief share group and community recovery, and people still keep coming every week to community recovery. In fact, we got so many people in our group. One of the coolest things is when we ask, how many of you got over a year sober and clean? And it's like half the room now. It's like half the room now. Lives that have been completely, completely changed. And one of the things we're most excited about, we've been working on, and we're just ready we have been talking about and praying about for a year about having a place for families in our community that lost a loved one in the madness of addiction to an overdose. And out on the front part of this property, there is now a comfort wall that is constructed 
And there's some of the benches, like these gray ones over here that y'all donated the bottle caps. Those are bottle cap benches, by the way, right over there. All right? And there's some out front. There. we got a place, and we're going to have names, the person's name and their birth year and their death year, and a place for families just to come and know that their loved one's not forgotten and, and that they can, they can pray. And so we're going to make a difference in the world. That's what we want to do. And in the community. But guys, before we can change our community, we have to let God change our hearts. Our hearts. Our individual hearts. Because you see, where this thing is going to really happen is that stone has to drop here. This is where the ripple has to start. It has to start here. We have to be different people. David prayed in Psalm 51, God created me a clean heart and restored to me the joy of my salvation. Ezekiel said this, I will give you a new heart and will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. Some of you have had some hard hearts. Let's just be honest. No point fingers right now. No point fingers. Some of you carried some stuff around and your heart got hard. And yeah, you were hurt, but it, it, it calcified. It calcified. And, and God can give you a new heart can soften that heart of stone and, and make a difference. And, and then he said, I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. As I said, tonight's another chance. Tonight's another chance for you to have open heart surgery. In just a few moments, I'm going to come down off this stage. The band's going to come back up. They're going to be singing. I'm going to come off and I'm going over there and get on the wagon. And I'm just going to challenge you. Yeah, we don't have changing rooms here. But if you're ready, if you're ready, we do have towels over here. If you're ready, it's time to get baptized tonight. Tonight. And no, that's not cold water. You'll be just fine. You'll be just fine, all right? All right? And so we're going to challenge you to do that in just a minute because God wants to do open heart surgery. He wants that stone to drop on your heart. But here's the deal. Any of you, who's, who's had surgery before? Raise your hand if you've ever had surgery. You ever had surgery? Doctor comes in and says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Now, I need to tell you the, the things that could happen. You know, it's that moment they tell you, like, yeah, it, it only happens, like, once in every, like, four bazillion people. But just in case you're the one, here's the things that could go wrong, all right? Here's the things that, the side effects that could happen. I got to be honest. I got to warn you, there's some side effects. There's some side effects to this kind of open heart surgery. So I got to warn you about that. Because when God changes your heart, you need to be ready to change your plans. Because you don't know what he's got in store. See, here's, here's what's going to happen for some of you. Some of you, when God changes your heart, you're going to start tithing a minimum of 10%. And some of you, it's going to get to the point that when Jason or I talk about tithing, you would have to back up to tithe. Because you've gotten farther than that. That's what's going to happen when God changes your heart. For some of you, you You'll start talking about Jesus at family picnics. And all of a sudden, you'll be baptizing your family. That happens around here, by the way. All right? For some of you, some of you will get, start getting excited when you worship with your church family. And worship will be a desire and not a dread. It will be an opportunity, not an obligation. That's what's going to happen when, when you really have that open heart surgery. Get ready. Here's some of you. Careful now. Some of you, some of you are going to start drinking a whole lot more water and a lot less beer at picnics. Wasn't that this one? 
Some of you are going to start using better language. Some of you will start getting a lump in your throat when you're watching a Hallmark film and not a nasty R-rated movie. Some of you are going to start mowing your neighbor's grass when you know they're sick or they're out of town. Some of you are really going to start praying for your child's teacher and not just waiting for your church to do it in front of everybody on the day before school starts. That's what some of you are going to do. Some of you, some of you are going to start praying for and writing notes for the students that Bradley's bringing to Kentucky to run track and cross country. And they're going to, there's people, there's kids coming from all around the world that are going to know what Williamsburg, Kentucky is. Is until they get there. Alright? Start praying for them. Start writing notes to them. <laughs> Here, take it one. Some of you are going to start working really, really hard to eliminate debt so that you can give more away. Trust me. Trust me, it's going to happen. Some of you are going to start eliminating cable bills because you know that cable bill could sponsor two or three kids in Uganda. So that's what's going to happen when God starts getting inside of you and starts changing your heart. He'll change your heart, then he'll change the community, and then he'll change the world. But it starts by him changing you. That's where it starts, by him changing you. It's what Paul described in, about his conversion when he's talking about it in Acts 26, years after it happened. He said, God changed me so I could help bring change. But it had to start with me. It's exactly what Zacchaeus' heart did. When it changed, when he met Jesus and salvation, the Bible says this at the end of that section of Scripture, and salvation came to Zacchaeus' house that day. That's change. That's forever change. So here's what we need. I need to band. I need a band and some singers. All right? I need some people who have already surrendered their heart to in just a moment to stand to their feet and to sing like you actually believe what you say you believe and to be seriously engaged about that. I probably need some of you believers, instead of standing, to hit your knees and start praying for people around you that need heart surgery tonight. And that you start praying that God will open their heart and that, you, that God will put his, his peace upon them in a way that they accept Him. I need some of you to do that. And I need those of you who have never surrendered your life to Jesus to at the very least consider it. Just to consider it. To open yourself up to it. Change. Some of us say, I hate change. I hate change. I hate change. I do not know how you are going to function in heaven. Because that's a pretty big change that got you there. All right? And you know the only thing in this world that is constant is change. We've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out. But you know the only thing in this world that doesn't change Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the only one that doesn't change wants to change you. And when we say, go love God, love people, watch Him change the world, we're talking about He wants to change you 
And it's got to start right here. He's given us an opportunity to be reconciled. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation to make a difference. God, thanks for loving us enough to give us Jesus. Thank you for getting us through this night so far. Man, we had some good food. It's like the lady said about a dessert. Keep your fork because the best is yet to come. We had some good dessert. But God, we know, we know, we know that everything that's happened here today, God, we know that the best is yet to come. We know that the best has changed lives that are going to leave here. Oh, yeah, a little bit wet today, but they're going to leave here changed forever, God. The best is yet to come, and we can't wait for the ultimate best when we get to spend eternity with you forever and ever and ever. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Would you guys stand up? Would you guys stand up? Get ready. Worship with these guys. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus tonight, meet me over here.
Without prolonging, here's the deal. When I first met Dane, it wasn't in person. It was with letters that I was sending to an address that had about an eight-digit number after his name. And we said God was going to be good, didn't we? And it's taken a while, but God's been good. God's been good. And now, man, you thought the day you walked out of there you were free, but brother, right now you're free. You are free. Like free ain't ever been free. You're free. And, and, and look what you did, leading Samantha just by having your family being around her and making a difference. 
That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And there's like about six dozen of you out here somewhere that have done the same thing already this year, and it just keeps growing. And we're just now getting into August, all right? God's up to stuff. So I'm just going to stand here for a while in case God's still working and God's still telling you something. You're right down here. Any ladies need someone to talk to? Kim's right down here. And we'll stay. We'll stay here after dark. We can pull trucks up to shine lights on it if you need to make this decision. So here's the deal. I'm going to say just a quick blessing. Thanks for everybody that's did everything. If you got kids there that are that didn't stay here with you, they're where you would normally pick them up on a Sunday or Thursday night over there. You know, say bye to people, but don't dilly-dally because they're your kids. They're not Matt and Tiffany's kids. They've had them long enough, so go get your kids, all right? And remember, nothing up here tomorrow, but next week, Thursday and Sunday, we're back on our regular schedule. There is a, spe- there's a special uh, a new series. See, I remember. All she had to do was move, and I remembered, all right? There's, there's a new series we're starting next week from 1 Corinthians 13. The greatest of these is love. Three things remain. And we start that next Sunday. Hey, there a lot of stuff got eaten, but apparently y'all on diets or something like that, there's still plenty of dessert over there. So go get some dessert on the way to the car. Get out of here. Go love God. Love people. Watch Him change the world. It's been an awesome day. Thank you, God.